0: you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to the book of Luke in chapter 13 in verses one through five, of which the scripture reading was read just a moment ago. That's where we'll spend most of our time this morning that we have together, focusing on that scripture. We have here that some people came to our Lord with a report about something tragic. They mentioned an occasion when Pilate, Pontus Pilate, same one handed over our Lord, murdered some innocent Jew, Galileans, rather, Jews while they were worshiping. It appears that they believed that the Galileans suffered this fate because they were wicked and terrible sinners, in verse 2. But as it says, as was read just a moment ago, so there was present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Tragic event, the same one who, again, had handed over our Lord, this Pilate. And Jesus answering said unto them, Notice what our Lord says. Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners. Above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things. He says, I tell you nay, I tell you no, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Or another occasion our Lord says, or those 18 upon whom the tower in Salam fell and slew them. Do you think that they were sinners or offenders above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? Again, our Lord reinforces and says, I tell you nay, I tell you no, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. We've studied in times past about why does God allow suffering in things in our life. We've talked about the fact That it refines us, it equips us to reveal his glory to us. He allows those things to happen and also to keep you and I focused. But what does God want ultimately for us to gain from suffering and the things that we go through in this life. In fact, in this passage, and even true today, people suffer because in a result from living in a sinful, fallen, and unsafe and full of uncertainty world. You see, the proper response to the sufferings witnessed in this life should be repentance. Our Lord says that. He says to these people, don't be so focused on the physical part of the suffering, but this is what you need to be focused on. And that is repentance. Repentance. He said, I tell you nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That stands true today. If we do not repent, we will perish. How should we respond in this scripture to verse 3 and verse 5? according to repentance. You see, Jesus, our Lord, took control of this this conversation. He could have went into a sermon or a discussion, some philosophical, I can get that out, philosophical, say it slower, discussion about suffering and all the effects it has on us and poor pitiful you and poor pitiful me. And he says, no. He says, we're not going to focus on that part. He said, we're going to focus on what the real problem is. And that's repentance. <clears throat> repentance is far more critical... Than discussions about the causes of suffering. We know from the book of Romans in chapter 3 and verse 23: for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what that says? Why do we suffer? Why do we have the things in the world that we have? Is because we all are sinners. You, 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 are sinners. That's why. We are all sinners. The consequence of sin is spiritual death. Romans 6 and verse 23. Did you understand and hear that? The consequence of sin is death. Jesus referred to this thought when he mentioned the word perishing in Luke 13 in verses 3 and 5 of our text this morning. The consequence of sin is spiritual death. Do we hear that this morning? Young people, do you hear that? Older people, do you hear that? The consequence of sin is death. The consequence of sin from the first man that had entered the world is physical death today. Hebrews 9 and 27. The spiritual death is the other side of that coin. We all will die physically, but we all can be spiritually dead today because of sin. And our Lord says that you and I must repent. I tell you nay, except you repent, ye all shall likewise perish. Paul uses similar similar language in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3 when the Bible reads and he says to us, But if our gospel be hid or veiled, it is hid or veiled to them that are lost or perish. Spiritually, hell is what that's talking about. Except you repent. You are lost. You will perish. Sin and its consequences are universal problems. We need to realize today and see that just because people do not experience physical suffering, they are still sinners. Sometimes we as Christians, we look and say, well, they don't ever experience any type of issue. They are still sinners and they still will perish. They still will die spiritually as well as physically. And this applies to everyone. Again, our Lord points out you are a sinner. That's the first thought this morning. You see, the main message from God and the Jesus and the prophets is that, we are, are, that uh, they were emphasizing the same thing back in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. All the way through the Old Testament, it was the people of Israel would, would sin, God would punish them, they would repent and come back to God all the way through history. It's no different today. And this is why that sin, or repentance rather, is so important. You go to the book of of Matthew. As John comes on the scene. In Matthew chapter 3, in verse 2. The Bible says to us, he says, and saying, what? Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You see, repentance is important. Repentance is something that you and I have to do if we do not want to perish in this life, but as well, more so, in the life to come you go on over in the concept of repentance in Acts chapter 2 in verse 37 or 36 and when they were pricked at the climax of Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost they were pricked in their hearts he had told them in verse 36 you have murdered the Christ you have con- you've condemned him you've murdered him and they were convicted in their hearts says, what must we do? What did he tell them? Repent. You go on over in the second recorded sermon of Peter in Acts chapter 3 in verse 19. And he tells us the same, same thing. He has the same message. And the message today still has not changed. And when you go over into Acts 3 and verse 19, the Bible says to us, Repent ye therefore and be converted or turn again that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You see, repentance brings about refreshing times to the soul of the one who is doing the repenting. You go on over in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30 when Paul walked through the city there of Athens and seen all the gods. And we're still on that thought of repentance. In Acts chapter, again, Acts chapter 17 and verse 30, the Bible reads, it says, at this time of this ignorance, God winked at. He overlooked it. But now commandeth all men everywhere to what? Repent. You go on over in the book of Revelation in chapter two and verse five in the seven churches of Asia. Five of those churches were told to what? Repent. You see, repentance is necessary. Repentance is important. Let me say this to you. The Bible most certainly says that in Mark 16 and verse 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, he that believeth not shall be damned. That's simple. It tells you in this life you must be baptized for the remission of your sins. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter tells them on the day of Pentecost to be baptized for the remission of your sins. But let's flip that coin over. As I mentioned in Bible study this morning in the Lord's church and in the churches of Christ, we have become so emphasized upon baptism we have fought many battles and on many battlegrounds of baptism is an essential. Baptism must happen. You can't go to heaven unless you're baptized, and rightly so. But let me tell you, you can't go to heaven unless you've repented. And baptism and repentance is a prerequisite for baptism. We've got to hear the word, Romans 10 and verse 17. uh, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when one has heard the word, one must believe that he is the Jesus, that that is the faith, that he is the Messiah. And then one must what? Repent. I'm afraid that even in the Lord's church, in the pews in which sit in this very building, this moment of hour, in this day of July in 2022. There are people who have entered the churches of Christ who have truly not repented. Someone has convinced them that you need to be baptized, and rightly so. But they not, have not truly taught them that they need to repent. And this morning, we need to understand what true repentance is. And that it's just not a prerequisite for just one time event. Repentance is something that each Christian has avenue to, has a connection to, has a privilege to be able to do when we fall from the grace of God, and we most certainly can fall from the relationship of God, we need to repent. And when it comes to repentance, it may be the most difficult step in God's plan to clean us up spiritually Because it requires you and I to turn away from sin. It requires having a righteous change of mind towards sin that leads to daily discipleship. Not just one time. Again, we in the church of Christ have no problem emphasizing baptism. And again, I reiterate, rightly so. But we need to think about repentance. What is repentance? Some people think that it's just, I'm convicted. I'm convicted in my sins. I know it's wrong. Well, the day the people on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and verse 36 and 37, there, they were convicted. But they had done nothing about it until what? They had repented. You can be convicted and say, Oh, yes, I have sinned. I have done wrong. But have no change and you're no better off than you were when you were convicted. Some people say that repentance is looking at the thought of just being sorry. I'm sorry for what I did. I'm afraid a lot of times people when they repent or when they come forward they're sorry they got caught. They're not truly repenting. I'm afraid that a lot of times in many people's baptism they have said oh I need to be baptized I need to get wet I need this preacher has told me I can't go to heaven but then they go right back out of those doors back there and they keep living the life that they were living. You see, they truly hadn't repented. Confessing one's sin is not, just, it's not repentance. Most rightly so, we must confess our sin one to another, as the book of James tells us. But when we truly repent, one must have to change. <clears throat> One says, well, I I made a confession. Well, you might have confessed, but did you truly repent? Or were you sorry that you got caught? Did you make a change in your life? You think back to your baptism. When you were baptized that day, did you remain faithful to the Lord? Did you daily walk with Him? Did you change your lifestyle? It is a total change of one's disposition, the way one thinks, the way one acts, the places that they go, the people that they're around. It's a total change. And often, we don't have that. You say, well, I've heard the truth today. Well, yeah, you've heard the truth. But what are you going to do with the truth? (coughs) What are you going to do with it? We are all sinners. We all have sinned. We all have done things that are wrong in our lives. We know morally and spiritually and things contrary to the word of God. But see, one must truly repent before we can even get to baptism. And until you've done that, we're no better off. You see, sin is a far more serious problem than what these people are talking about than suffering. They approach Jesus and they're curious about the causes of suffering. And again, he doesn't engage in the problems of the world. Instead, he talks about them for the real problem in the world. And that's sin. Any suffering, any real suffering is caused by sin, folks. Sin is the very reason why we live in a broken and fallen world. It is why there are calamities. It's why there are mass shootings. There are wars and sicknesses and death. That's why we have hospitals and ambulances and funeral homes and prisons. It's because of sin. You see, challenging ourselves to see this will impact our lives dramatically. When we look at the world through the lens of sin, we avoid getting wrapped up in the suffering of the world while at the same time minimizing the seriousness of sin. When we hear this this, day and this day and time, when we hear about shootings, do we see that as a political problem or do we see that as sin? You see, our way of thinking has been warped by the way of the world. It's just like when we were raising our children, when they were little bitty toddlers running around everywhere, we didn't go to the coffee table and take off all the breakable stuff and remove it from the room. You know what we did? When they ran up to it to touch it and they were afraid they were gonna break it, we busted their bottle. We popped their hand. But see, in contrary to the way our world thinks today and many of our parenting skills is that we say, oh, I don't wanna tempt him so I'm gonna take it away and I'm not gonna teach him a lesson so I'm gonna blame the breakable stuff rather than the child's behavior. You see, that's the way the world thinks today. We're going to blame the gun rather than the one who has the gun. We're going to blame the the political leader rather than blaming the sin that the political leader is supporting. The cause of all of these things are sin, not the people. The people cause the sin because sin is evil and Satan is everywhere. When we understand this concept, we will better understand repentance and what sin is. When we in this country and when we in the Lord's church and when we in our own homes... Stop taking and blaming the things that our children are getting into rather than holding our children responsible then we'll start changing the world. We have got to blame put the blame where the blame is. Number 1 starting in our own homes and in the Lord's church. If the church is not growing where does the blame lie with its church members? If we have people who are not faithful, where does it lie? It lies in the laps of those people. And we, as their brothers and sisters, to go to them and say, We love you, we want you to be faithful. Where does the blame lie? Contrary to the world, we'd blame somebody else. You see, repentance. Let me tell you this morning. You don't know when you're going to die. You don't know that. As in many deaths, people got up, carried their day out like they normally carried it out. And they died. For goodness sakes, John Cason was in his garden. I, I dare to say that it crossed his mind that morning that he wouldn't see that evening. We don't know. You don't know. Our Lord said in our scripture reading today, I tell you nay, except you, 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 repent, you shall likewise perish. It's appointed that a man wants to die. Then the judgment, Hebrews 9, 27. You see, sometimes death occurs suddenly and unexpectedly. Those who die without repentance will spiritually perish. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian and you haven't repented of your sins and confessed Jesus as your Savior and made that commitment and truly need to change the way you're living, you need to do that. You need to do that. Most certainly you cannot go to heaven without baptism. But I can tell you that you can't go to heaven without repentance first. Those of us who are Christians who need to repent Who have continued to put it off and put it off. And those who have been wanting to be baptized or need to be baptized put it off and put it off and put it off. Have you ever put something off so long that you look back and say, well, I can't get that done no more. You see, that's the way it is baptism. There's going to come a day you can't do that. You can't be saved. You can't repent if you're dead. When you die, you're done. And those who die without repentance will spiritually perish. That's why repentance, folks, hear me this morning. Repentance and obeying the gospel must never be delayed. While we cannot always avoid suffering in this life, we can repent And avoid suffering in the life to come. And we need to understand that this morning. Examine your life this morning. Do you need to repent? Whether you're a Christian for 50 years, or 20 years, or 10 years, or 5 years, do you need to repent? Just being sorry isn't enough. Just confessing those sins isn't enough. Just saying, I'm going to do better from this point on. I've heard a good sermon. I'm going to do better. That's not enough. One must repent. Do you need to repent this morning? Please come. Together we stand and as we sing.